Welcome back to another episode of Tryhouse Tells Mysteries of Histories. Today, we are diving deeper into the strange abyss that is the men in black. Who are these strange figures? Why do they crop up just after UFO sighting? Why do they wear women's lipstick? All good questions. And of course... Welcome back, Commander. This is Tryhouse Tells Mysteries. Men in black, 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 black. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I felt that was yeah needed. No. Thank you. You can tell I'm out of pitch, and I'm not even humming it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I knew what the song was. Okay. All right. So, uh, <laughs> just as like a quick recap, these strange men—they usually arrive uh, at the doors of UFO witnesses having sighted a flying saucer just days before they're described as wearing black suits white shirts and black ties with unnaturally bald heads something we didn't mention before yeah i know i was surprised by that i was like what is this they're like howie mandel's bro oh yeah (laughs) i hit man dude i fucking love that game so (laughs) much i don't know if i've ever conveyed it's one of my top three of all time you told me about it dude all right <clears throat> Something we didn't mention before, which is definitely not like Hitman from the Hitman series, is that they reported of wearing lipstick over lipless mouths. Whoa, dude! That's yeah, they're trying to fucking. Maybe they're out, they're just out here trying to fucking kiss people, bro. Yeah. They're just trying to spread their fucking cooties. They're That's like they're really we. About. We could make you look like humans, except for the lips. Dude, some fucking, some corporate guy comes home to his wife. He has, like, lipstick on his collar. He's like, are you fucking cheating on me? He's like, no, baby. It's the MIBs. It's the MIBs. Those are the things you think you see you did not see, you know? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> so, um, to add to this, um, I heard a great rumor that these creatures, these men in black, are actually experimental cyborgs employed by the government. But it's also been... You know what? I fucked that joke up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I see the joke too. I like it. I like the yeah, joke. No, I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, you know, Jeremy, can you just take this joke? I'm done. <laughs> I've already <fucked> it up. <laughs> what Matt wrote is oh, shit. Okay, so th- that these creatures are actually experimental cyborgs d- employed by the government. But the thing is, it's been over 60 years since the first sighting. So why hasn't the government gotten their act together and released the cyborgs into the workforce during COVID-19? And, uh... You know what? That wasn't that funny. It was so bad. Oh, oh my God. No, no, no. It's not really a joke. It's, uh... It's like the segue into our next episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Where are the COVID-19 cyborgs? <laughs> oh my god, I'm so That's the real mystery here. <laughs> you know what? I'm proud of us though because, you know, you just got to try and fail and failure is the first step to success. Yeah. So um with that being <laughs> said, <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> I'm proud of you, Matt. I'm proud of you that you went for it, you know? <laughs> Thanks, bro. Yeah, bro. <laughs> um no, dude, I'm in Crystal Leo's podcast, he always says, he's like, "Hey, He's like, if I make a joke, there's two choices. Laugh 
or don't laugh. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> we have to try to be funny. It's not always going to be funny. <laughs> Is that supposed to make me feel better? <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. <laughs> Dude, come on, man. Do you know how many times I felt like an ass because I try to be funny and you guys just look at me and like, all right, Jeremy, and we move on. And I'm like, all right, oh lick your God. wounds, young Padawan. <laughs> um... Okay, so we're actually getting into a section now. I don't know if you have anything else you wanted to say before I do it, Matt. But no, Jerome no, no. Clark and Aaron Goulias, both guys I have a little bit of info on. Uh, should I just head into it? Yeah, these yeah. these are just... Uh, these. Now we're getting into the guys who have, who have been on the ground floor and seen these motherfuckers. Between the 70s and the 90s, UFC conspiracy theorists... You would incorporate UFC. <laughs> I say God. UFC. <laughs> Let them do drugs. Okay, UFO conspiracy theorists would incorporate men in black into their increasingly complex and paranoid visions. And Aaron Goulias, he's a history teacher at Mott Community College in Flint, Michigan. So he he teaches history at a community college. His word holds a lot of weight. Flint, for us. Michigan. Holy yeah, dude. Shit. This motherfucker's been drinking metal water, bro. His brain cannot be in the right condition. Okay. But. Yeah, probably. He's also oh, the author fuck. of several books. And um I watched a YouTube video where he was at a fucking I think he was in Europe and it was a freaking like weird, you know, stories, uh, unconventional knowledge convention, bro. And it looked like they were in like a guest suite at a Sheraton. It was hilarious, bro. But he's speaking. He's giving his public speech at a spod- uh, at podium. A spodium. A spodium. <laughs> and he goes, okay, so the men in black stories at these spodiums start with people thinking they're going to be shut up. And then assuming they're going to be shut up without any reason to think they're going to be shut up. And he talked about like back in the day him and his friend were in Indiana and a crop circle popped up to where he lived and he was part of this organization at the time that was a what he thought was a fake society that investigates UFO crashes Mm -hmm. and like the guy who ran the society was named Randolph and lived in Washington (laughs) DC but what was kind of weird is that that guy Randolph actually disappeared without a trace um, and it had been 20 years since his disappearance at the time of this speech, which was kind of weird. But the story itself, he went to the crop circle in Indiana, dressed up in a tweed jacket to look professorial. Uh, his friend like threw together some home electronics and said it was a paranormal energy detector. And they were investigating the crop circle. And uh, there were a lot of people there at first, but eventually everybody left. It was just the two friends and a man came up to them and he said, what are you guys doing? And they told him, oh, we're just investigating. And then the guy who had come up to them goes, you know what? I'm sorry. Just to kind of clarify what kind of man this is, this man goes, what are you guys doing? And they go, just investigating. He says, they're saying it's a man-made cause. They found a cigarette in the crop circle. That was my cigarette. This wasn't no man-made crop circle. I came out here and found it at four in the morning. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And the guy goes, I know all about you guys, too. And he goes, do you? He's like, yeah. Why does, why does this guy have a, if he's a men in black, I feel like they don't have any accent. No, he's <laughs> Wait, not a men in black. He's it? not a men in he's black. He's not? He's oh. a random guy. He's a random fucking hick. And he goes, yep. Wait, is this his s- farm? I think so. He's who, whoever he is. He's he must the one it, the Matt. Let circle. him finish the story. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is a riveting story. I'm sorry, sorry. Sorry. I just need a clarification. <laughs> and he put the cigarette. He's a hick and he found the crop circle and he put his cigarette out. He's the first one to find it. And he goes, yep. Got a stack of magazines this high in my house. You're going to tell me not to talk about it, aren't you? And he goes, oh, no, we're just a couple idiots on a school break just messing around. So this guy was expecting to be silenced by the men in black. 
and he thought Aaron Goulias and his friend were the men in black. But Aaron wait, and wait, his wait. friend... Yep. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, God no, 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 no. I can't it, interrupt. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the... So uh, Aaron Goulias and his friend basically just like wanted to investigate and they wanted to seem a little bit official so they wouldn't get kicked out. So they like threw some shit together, but they were just random kids. And so the reason he tells the story is perhaps there are men in black stories that are valid, but there are also probably men in black stories that are overblown like this one would have been. Like if that guy was like, hey, I saw the men in black, they told me not to talk about it. But it was really just Aaron Goulias and his friend. Um, right, and, and so, I think that's that's so important because there are a whole yeah. bunch of other stories that we're going to get into where it's like these sound like they're just nerds, <laughs> you know, like they're not yeah. actual men in black; they're UFO fanatics. Yeah, and so and this is a convention of people who believe in things like the Men in Black. I think Aaron Goulias himself does believe in their existence, but he was just basically, you know, make sure that every single story you take with a grain of salt because you don't know uh, the backstory behind it. And right. then uh, that was Aaron Goulias. And then uh, Jerome Clark. I don't want to fucking keep talking, though. Like, do one of you guys want to no, read hey, my notes dude, about Jerome Clark? I, I loved the way I do keep. I, yeah, Jerome it, Clark. I was Jerome Clark. <laughs> Jerome Clark. Final Jerome Fantasy Seven. You feed the cloud. Okay, Jerome Clark. <laughs> Born November 27, 1946. This is a lot quicker. He's an American writer specializing in identified flying objects and other paranormal subjects, which, yes, is something that a human being can specialize in, and you can dedicate years of your life to that. Uh, that is real. Uh, he has appeared on... <laughs> he has appeared on, <laughs> on ABC News Special Report, Unsolved Mystery Sightings, and A&E. Of course he's been on fucking A&E. All right. Discussing you. UFOs and other oddities. Uh, Clark is also, here we go, bro, a country and folk music songwriter of note. I think I oh mentioned that. Oh my God, that. he's like Joe Exotic. Yeah, bro. <laughs> oh my gosh, stop. He's like, I'm gonna take myself to the test sky. Country. <laughs> <laughs> back down to road. the country. Yeah. <laughs> What's up at this circle in these crops, man? <laughs> um, okay, so... Whether or not the sightings have continued or will continue of the men in black, I'm speaking of. Clark continues, oh, sorry. Clark cautions against dismissing such stories as the ramblings of crazy people or to think of them as literal events like bumping into someone at the grocery store. Rather, Clark said, the direct observation and the event must be separated. Accounts of the men in black represent experiences that, in his words, don't seem to have occurred in the world of consensus reality. And so this kind of brings up what I mentioned very briefly what? in the first episode. It's the idea, like, Clark is big for, you know, propagating the idea of anomalous events versus experience anomalies, where he's basically saying, okay, there are things that actually physically are observable in the real world that happen, and there are things that are real experientially to large groups of people. And mm -hmm. if they are true for these people, we can't say that they're not true. You know what I mean? So basically, he's comparing it to things like, oh, you know, people speaking in tongues or people believing they've died and visited Jesus and people, you know, all these experiences where it could be easy to say, oh, they're crazy. Oh, they're making it up. But just because of the conviction with which people speak about these things and because of how many people there are. Maybe it's just an entirely class, I'm uh, sorry, an entirely different class of experience um, that isn't like a subject to the scientific method that has become predominant in modern times, you know. 
And that's so... basically all I had of Jerome Clark. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? No, I guess it kind of also goes with like the idea of the collective unconscious where it's like yeah, so many people are experiencing these things yet we can't I this is confusing to me. I'm yeah. confused. <laughs> it is. No, but I think it's just okay. Because it just like, sounds like they're crazy anyway. Like, it, it, like no matter what you say, when you say that it doesn't take place in consensus reality, all you're saying is it can't be proven because it doesn't take place in a reality where we can all agree that it happened. Yeah, but since there are so many people talking about it, he's saying maybe it's a little bit arrogant or foolish to just outright dismiss it because we can't measure it by those metrics. You know, I think right. of it as like not in the same vain but maybe in the same ballpark as things like morality things like you know what i mean like how we like oh like yeah. we kind of know what's right we know what's for the most part you know and there's these ideas that are almost like built into us you know where over like hundreds of years thousands of years there are certain things that humans can kind of just agree on for the most part right it's like buried in our wetware like we were talking yeah. about in the first episode yeah and obviously these cases are buried in the wetware of smaller groups <laughs> <laughs> what, where, when, where, who, where, what, huh? What, where? I'm sorry, I just what, felt like where? a rhyme was necessary. Dude, but you then, know, I mean, you, you could just say that, like, you know, uh, schizophrenia is buried in the wetware of certain individuals. I mean, like, I, I just don't, I don't understand. I don't see the differentiation. Well, dude, dude, you know what, though? As our ideas of mental illness, you know, develops, maybe we'll learn things that maybe it's not even generated in the brains of these people. Maybe they're, like, in tune to other things, bro. Meaning maybe <laughs> uh, maybe they're so like skeptical. paranormal. They're like psychics. They're like mediums. Maybe <laughs> you know what, Matt? At one point, everybody thought the world was flat. All right, so maybe that you just think the world true. is flat. Some people still believe that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, maybe you just think the world I, is that flat. Is a Matt. joke. That is a joke. I can't. No, no. I can't abide by that. Genuinely believe it. They say. They'll see pictures of the Earth from space and be like, but I didn't take that picture, though. So how do I know that's real? So anyway, that was just a random side note. Let's move on. So a yeah, whole bunch <laughs> of weird stories <laughs> about uh, the men in black, uh, which we're going to get into right now. Some are funny. Some are weird. Some involve Dan fucking Aykroyd. <laughs> like the Dan Aykroyd. The first one involves Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll probably take this one. Can I take this one? I love this one. Take, God, do take it, bro. Take it, dude. Okay. So <clears throat> this one involves Dan Aykroyd, as we were saying. So while on set for a UFO series he sold to sci-fi ch- to the Sci-Fi Channel called Out There, he recalled heading outside for a break in between interviews when he got a call from Britney Spears. <laughs> the celebrity wanted Dan to host Saturday Night Live with her. And while he was on the phone, he turned his head to the right. And he was on 42nd Street in New York and saw a black Ford sedan. He tried to look at the plates but he said that the plates were fuzzy. He recalls that it was definitely a police car and standing outside were two men in black. At the moment that he looked at it, a third man got out of the car. He was extremely tall and all three men were looking directly at him. The tall man gave him like a dirty ass look. He turned away because he was agree- He was still on the phone with Britney Spears and he was like, yeah, 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 I'd love to do Saturday Night Live. And when he turned back, the sedan had completely vanished along with the three men. My God. Yeah, I watched this interview with Dan Aykroyd as he's explaining it. He, so he said that... That's a trip. It, it literally just it vanished, completely vanished. He said he, he would have seen it drive past him 
And you would have seen it take a complete U-turn because it was, I guess, 42nd Street is just a narrow street. So he's totally convinced that it must have had a cloaking device in the car that made it disappear. Wow. And that day, like literally he went inside because he was in between interviews. He went inside and uh, the producers were like, we have to cancel the show. We're stopping filming right now. And none of these episodes are going to air. Dude. What? Yeah. That's pretty Everything wild, was completely man. shut down. Like, out of all of these kind of crazy people, I'd be the most inclined to believe Dan Aykroyd because he fictionally busted ghosts. And, I mean, <laughs> that kind of... bless. I mean, I sadly, mean? I think... I th- I'm, I'm with Jeremy on this one. That's what makes it worse. <laughs> is that, like, he has I, the most credibility to me. <laughs> uh, he, and the one who's a trained actor and is good at making up stories. We're going yeah. to believe him. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I don't make know. up stories if I was in his position. Oh, wait, so, wow. So you think the Men in Black just shut down this show on UFOs? Um, yeah, no, I, I personally don't believe it. I mean, no, no, I, I don't know. I watched the interview and when he starts talking about the cloaking device and the fact that it had to have been the Men in Black and that he knew his shit and that they everything was canceled, it, he took on a weird sort of air that was like, oh, I know things, you know? Like uh, he got that little smirk on his, on his, on his mouth. Okay. It was a like little bit different. Be, yeah, mm. like he's trying to be a little cheeky, a little mischievous. They were trying to get the show to air again and it might have been like a publicity stunt yeah that's true it very well could be i mean actors are known for doing that look at joaquin phoenix bro the i'm still here times when he said he was quitting acting to become a rapper on uh, late night shows <laughs> he did not he did not say he was becoming a rapper did, wait, dude did you guys forgot that that was like 2008 that's why i it was thought a while he was ago. just going to become a singer because he did the johnny cash movie Nah, dude, he was joking that he was going to be a rapper. And he was like dead serious about it, like in interviews. Oh, my God. Yeah, bro. I mean, definitely there have been crazier stunts that have been pulled. Fuck, man. You know, sometimes I'll get to a stage in life where I'm like, I don't really want to be a well-known actor and fucking make TV shows that badly. And then other times I'm like, fuck, but I want to be a public figure just so I can do stupid shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) That The only reason. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like that, that actually almost appeals more to me than being like, all right, Matt, Jeremy, Kevin. So, uh, all right, we're going to need 10 more episodes by uh, fall 2020. I'm like, okay, okay. But can I do some talk shows though? <laughs> oh my God. That's awesome. You know what? I, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, huh? I guess I'm not as, as fucking cliche in my dreams as everybody else. I mean, as no, as cliche in my dreams as I thought I was. All right. No, definitely not. That's awesome. (laughs) So that was the story on Dan Aykroyd. Uh, But yeah, let's go into Larry. Is this is this guy just named Larry? Does Larry have a? He's just named Larry. All right. So our next. I'm able to find a last name. So this is Madonna. uh, Our uh, yeah. (laughs) Our uh, our next point. Larry. Our next point was Alcee. Alcee. What? You know, we're just gonna let the. We're just. Wait. What's Alcee? Wait. Well, yeah, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see in a second. Okay. Uh, so our next, our next contestant. Larry. Oh fuck you, Jeremy! <laughs> what? I don't get it's it. It's just a typo. It's a typo for asleep. Oh my god! Damn it, Matt. Uh, so our our next our next guest contestant here that uh, is you know credible with UFO sightings simply goes by the name of Larry, much like Madonna. It's just. 
just Larry. He was Alseep. <laughs> he was asleep. Al-Seep. In his- <laughs> so he had a different name in his bed, uh, sounding like he was vaguely from the Middle East, possibly Kazakhstan, somewhere in that area. Oh my gosh. Uh, and then what happened next, Kevin? Uh, so he was asleep in his bed when a voice spoke <laughs> out from within his own head telepathically. This voice, or presence, as Larry put it, said that it was not from Earth, but gave no other explanation about its origins. Skeptical, Larry demanded evidence of this being. He wanted a face to face meeting. The presence agreed, and Larry woke up. He woke up, and the entire next day was he was confused as he picked apart the strange experience, thinking that it was just a vivid dream. And then the presence showed himself to Larry. The next day, Larry went to the local park with friends to celebrate Independence Day when a strange van pulled up to the curb and out popped a strange figure in a black suit. Two more men in black followed, popping out of the truck. The main honcho man in black walked across the park and sat down at a nearby bench. There, he simply stared at Larry. Then, as quickly as he came, the man stood re-entered the van and drove off we don't know if larry ever saw him again or if the man in black ever told him why he contacted him in the first place does it doesn't even seem like he contacted him he just stared at him (laughs) okay it doesn't even go into his experience so how did the so the presence showed himself to Larry, or was the presence the men in black the presence was the men in black that's what it seems like but like larry never really got any answers Okay, the only thing I need to know to determine whether or not I'm going to trust in Larry is, was he in Ghostbusters 1, 2, or 3 at all? Brilliant. Brilliant reintegration. You know, honestly, this guy doesn't sound nearly as credible as Dan Aykroyd, who might have been doing it for publicity stuff. Let me see. Okay, Larry, Ghostbusters, IMDb. Yeah. I'm pretty sure... Didn't Chris D'Elia say something about, like, sometimes a joke is funny and there are Matt, two this, options? <laughs> Matt, sh- you know what? I, I guess don't you think- could say the same thing about what I just said. I don't I- think he ever said that. <laughs> and just to confirm, Matt, Larry was not in any of the Ghostbusters movie unless it's Larry King uh, who who was in Ghostbusters. But I don't believe this guy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? It just sounds like some sort of. It sounds like a um a um sleep paralysis hallucination. Hey, are you telling yeah, me I'm not does. telling the truth about my her- paralysis, Matt? No, no. Are wait, those what? fighting words, bro? <laughs> I really heard that train. All right, nobody think I'm crazy. <laughs> Dude, I crazy? see those spiders. You're crazy. <laughs> uh, I know we didn't see those spiders. <laughs> oh my uh, god! Uh, it happened to me. Oh my it, god! Wait, what? No, the f- no. Well, you had what? sleep paralysis because of us. I, I don't know if, if it was sleep paralysis, but I was dreaming about uh, like bugs like crawling on me at one point, and I woke up in the middle of the night, and I swear to God, there was a giant beetle like right between my pillow and the face, like Holy in my face. Shit! And I I jumped out of my bed and woke up Kayla, uh, because and I told her to, and I like I was like babe babe, and then I pointed at it and it was gone, but I swear like. It, it like, seems so real. I mean, it was like just... you saw it. Like, it was, it was like... It was like two Mississippi long at the most. Because, like, I woke up from the dream where it was, like, touching my arm and stuff. And then I woke up and it was, like, right... It was, like, right by my face. And I, like, hopped out of bed. And 
yeah this just happened like a couple days ago but it seems oh so real and then i was like oh man i must have just been seeing things because i was dreaming about it and i mean that's probably what it was dude holy shit i didn't know this stuff was like yawning where it's like contagious yeah well, i yeah i you know this kind of stuff probably happens to me all the time and i always just dismiss it it just happened to be we were just talking about it just now but at least you didn't have an actual paralysis though so you yeah, had, like, like you i had got a weird liminal area but yeah yeah like i do i flew out of that bed yeah and and kayla she had like a quick laugh about it but it was like the middle <laughs> of the night we were so tired like we laughed Damn, and then went bro. right back to sleep it was yeah. like oh my god baby beetle yeah i love it so next we have a story about jello and the men in black so this story is shared by john keel in his book ufos operation trojan horse and interviews between john keel and mrs butler who's the one who witnessed this entire thing was mrs butler his actual butler or is that just her name no, 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 no. She must, her father or grandfather must have must been a have, butler. Must have it, been a butler. Must have been. Damn, man. They're just, that's, they're just cursed. Yeah, like, you that's... will never rise above your station, butler. <laughs> butler. <laughs> you will always be a butler. And it's true. She is always a butler. Yeah. Bring me my sugar cubes, whore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> it was late. <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> it was a late Minnesota night in 1966. Mrs. Butler and a friend were stargazing in a rural field when several glowing orbs danced around their section of sky. One dropped down, hurtling towards Earth. It should have crashed, but at the last moment, the UFO stopped, hovering just feet above the rural landscape. Mrs. Butler immediately crashed to her knees. Her eyes went blank, as if taken by some other entity. But as quick as it came, the orb dashed off again, and Mrs. Butler came to her senses. Over the next couple days, any time Butler or her friend tried to discuss the encounter, they were hit with severe migraines and debilitating weakness. Mrs. Butler, she said that she had seen the Men in Black, as she asked Keel about his encounters with the Men in Black and what he had been able to find out. Mrs. Butler continued on her story, um, saying that after the event of the UFO sighting, she was visited by a man who identified himself as Major Richard French. So, <clears throat> I guess you could also say that his name was Major Dick French. She described him as a strange colored man with oddly olive skin and a pointed face. He had no discernible accent, and instead of wearing a military outfit, he wore a black suit and tie. Here's where the jello comes in. At one point, Major Dick began to complain about his stomach. Thinking that it might help, Butler offered him some of her jello from her fridge. He quickly declined, but when he showed up the following day and complained again about his stomach, Butler insisted he try some of her jello. Cuz this is the south and I guess like people have homemade jello and they like giving it out to their guests just like, you know, you, you know, give it out to you people would be like, "Oh, would you like some tea?" You'd say that to your guest. I don't fucking know. Would or maybe like, like some, some sweet jello. Tea. Would you like some jello? People are just Dude. nice. Don't look hospitality. Hospitality's nice. Don't, don't be I fucking love jello, actually, with whipped cream. It's been, it has been yeah. too long since I've had some fucking jello. I would, yeah, God, I, would, good. I would go for some jello and whipped cream right about meow. 
Oh my god. Right about meow. There right, we about go. meow. <laughs> right about meow. All right, next time we're all together in person, we got to fucking make some some lime jello, some cherry jello and a bunch of ready whip <laughs> and that's our fucking yep. reunion. Okay. Yeet. Please. So she gave him a plate of her jello and a spoon. And this is where it gets weird because Major Dick just looked blankly at the jello as if he didn't know what it was. He also looked at the spoon too as if he didn't recognize how to use the tool. He then brought the jello up to his mouth and tried to drink the jello as if it were a liquid. Mrs. Butler was beside herself at this weird behavior, and the major, noticing that Butler might suspect something, quickly left. He was never seen by Mrs. Butler again. He got so, back in his car. He's like, why didn't my fucking mom ever teach me how to use a spoon? He's like, <laughs> he's like he was like, crying on the way home. He's like, I should have read that etiquette book my grandma gave me. <laughs> he's like, it's okay. Nobody's going to believe her story anyway. She wasn't even in Ghostbusters. <laughs> God, Jeremy. <laughs> he's been waiting. He's been waiting. To waiting. Okay. Uh, that was, oh uh, yeah, that was, that was odd. That was very odd. Popcorn Kevin. Okay. Uh, so, the Solway Firth Spaceman. In May of 1964, a fireman named Jim Templeton was photographing his daughter in the Berg Marsh, England. He took three pictures back to back. Kevin, it's actually uh, Burra? Burra? Burra. I'm just being annoying. Jim Templeton was photographing his daughter in England. He, he, he took, sorry, he took, he took three pictures back to back and developed them at Kodak. When he got the pictures back, he was shocked to see that in the middle photo was a figure in the background. It looks like a man in a spacesuit. Holy crap. And Holy crap. We have a picture right here. That is very odd. Uh, That's fucking it, creepy, dude. He didn't see that in real life. It looks like there's a fucking whole torso popping out of this girl's head. <laughs> and it's Bro. like the hair covers up some of it. So it doesn't even look like it was two images that like blended together and getting it. Because, you know, like if, if you're processing the photos, like the images would have blended. They would have had a ghosting effect over each other. Like one of would be opaque and one would be yeah. like semi-translucent. Well, and the Kodak, they verified the authenticity of the photograph. So yeah. it, it wasn't like emerging like you were saying. Like it was, that was real. Yeah. And so he claims there was no one Shit, else bro. there at the marsh except for two older women sitting nearby and that he did not know what the figure was in the shot until he got the photo back from Kodak. Kodak so can we he, just, can we just So like, like he like, went to Kodak to get it done and yeah. they verified, oh God. Uh, so like, can we describe what it looks like or did we, did we kind of already do that? I mean, I'll describe what it looks like. Uh, so it, we've got a picture right here where it's, it's this little girl and it's like a portrait shot of her and there's this cloudy sky behind her in a field, but in the cloudy sky behind her and like where her head is meets the sky, um, there is a, it looks like a spaceman, like a, like a astronaut is way off in the distance, but it's huge. Like if this astronaut were to scale it, it would look like it was 200 feet tall behind her, like that's a good point. A hundred yards, uh, and it's it's a it's a it looks like an astronaut, but it's like sort of blurry because it's it's not blurry because it's out of focus. It's blurry because it's an old ass photo. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's it's very odd. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm sure Matt could show the image really quickly. Nope. Uh, 
because I'm, it's, it's, it's in the recording. But um, He's like, too much work, too much work. Uh, <laughs> not doing that. But so Kodak you? even verified the authenticity of this photograph. And stranger than the photograph, however, was what happened the following days. Templeton was at the fire station when a black car pulled up into the driveway. Two men exited the car and came up to him, identifying them as members of the government. Yet they refused to give him the agency they worked with or their names except number nine and number 10. The badges they carried also didn't have any markings indicating a specific government agency. So they freaking, they were like, he was like, yeah, what are you guys' names? They were like, well, I'm number nine and, and this, is my, this is my friend number 10. <laughs> it's like, That's what the like, fuck? If somebody we, came up and oh, did that, that would just door. dick move. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I love that Those show. Kids. Yeah. Uh, but that would just be such a dick move. It's like, I asked you for your names and they're like, oh yeah, I'm number nine and this is my friend number 10. If yeah, you're trying to like, be uh, inconspicuous, us. just give them a fake name. I don't yeah. like. I know. And despite Making this lack of numbers, and despite <laughs> this lack of identification, Templeton agreed to get in the car with the gentleman and drive to the marshes to answer their questions. Sounds dumb. That sounds like how a horror film ends or begins. Yeah, exactly. This, but uh, this was 1964. Pe- people back then, I guess they just trusted people. Yeah, very weird. Uh, it only got weirder when they began to ask him the questions. Apart from the standard questions about the location and other possible witnesses, they inquired about the weather and the behavior of the local animals. Templeton told them that in fact the animals had been acting strange that day scared even and had huddled together for protection this is when the men turned hostile they began to question the validity of his story ultimately returning to their car without without him leaving Templeton alone in the marsh and without a ride back home wow yeah so it seems like it seems like Templeton might have been skewing the facts maybe possibly I mean it is weird that when they asked him about the local animals that he was like, well, now that you mention it, they were acting strange and they were huddled together for protection. It's like, well, how would he know they were huddled together for protection? They could have just been huddled together. You know, like it, it's just a weird, it's weird phrasing. Too specific. Mm. Maybe huddled together yeah. for protection from the wind. I don't know. I don't know. Sounds like he's making shit up that they're calling themselves nine and ten. You know what I mean? That just sounds made up to me. He's like, yeah. I said they're huddled for protection. You guys have told me your names are number nine and number 10. So which one of us is lying more? <laughs> yeah, that's a good yeah. point. But um, it is fucking weird, though, like that the picture, like, because obviously if he didn't see the person there and then Kodak verified it was real, does that mean that what the there was some cloaking device that the Kodak camera cut through? I, I have no idea. Well, there's but three I, photographs and it only popped up in this one. It was, yeah, the middle photograph. So I mean, yeah. it's pop definitely ones. like a giant, it looks like a giant astronaut way far behind her or like an astronaut doll that's like duct taped to the back of this kid's head. But also look at it in a different way. It looks like it's the back of someone. Look at how the arm, the right arm is placed or the left arm, considering how you look at it. Yeah. It looks like it could have just been like a guy's shirt and he's looking the opposite way and maybe he has like gray hair or something or. Nah, dude. I mean, Dude, I don't know, man. Like, wh- it's very wh- odd. Why? Why is the arm placed like that? Where it looks almost like it looks like one. It looks like the right arm is on the back hip. And yeah, it does look like the the astronaut is facing the head. It looks like it's facing to the side. To, no, to the camera to me. And then it is looks it really? like and it looks like, but it looks like the head is on backwards from my perspective because it looks like the yeah. left arm is just chilling and then the right arm is on the back right hip. 
and then the chest is facing away from us but then it looks like the astronaut helmet is facing us it's very odd but it might not even be like an astronaut yeah wow god it's just yeah. it's difficult to look at it like yeah because it definitely looks like the bat his back and the back of his arm like kind of crooked back with the elbow but i get what heaven uh, kevin i get what kevin means about the head because like in a way like i could see that being the back of the helmet but it also kind of looks at like the front of a helmet yeah because mm. it's got that that line of white right next to it that looks like it's clearly like the back it's where like the fi- the glass plate of the face mask would meet the like the back end of the helmet but yeah. i don't know so it's, here's it's, it's all here's an explanation of the spaceman and this is taken straight from wikipedia because <laughs> we only do the finest investigation here <laughs> that's right uh so according this is like straight quote according to ufo author david clark in 2014 the spaceman is most likely templeton's wife Anne or annie who was present at the time and was seen on other photographs taken that day quote i think for some reason his wife walked into the shot and he didn't see her because with that particular make of camera, you could only see 70% of what was being shot through the viewfinder, said Clark. Annie Templeton was wearing a pale blue dress on the day in question, which was, ex- which was overexposed as white in the other photos. She also had dark bobbed hair. It, was, it has been argued that when using photo software to darken the image and straighten the horizon, the figure increasingly appears to be a regular person viewed from behind. Of its impact, Clark said people will still be talking about it in another 50 years. Yeah. That Dude, sounds... No. What kind, what kind of fucking idiot would not realize that's his wife? Like, no, I don't, how is anyone supposed to believe that take of it? I don't. Th- I think he probably knew. He was just like, oh, look at this. And then he like sent it, you know, to the Daily Mail. I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah. This is... Yeah, I... There's no way. There's like, no matter how you expose that, unless I could, the only thing I can understand is like the exposing of a, um, of a light blue could be overexposed, but then the sky would be overexposed because the sky's light blue. Like I, there is no way you could get the rest of the colors would look this normal. And then just that dress would be blown out. Like, yeah, no, that's a good point. Cause they must've darkened it. Right to get the blue sky because like dude i've done photography and this is an old camera and even with like the newer cameras when i shoot the sky usually it is not blue yeah it is like blown out to hell so the fact that they were darkening the entire thing to bring back the blue is my guess at kodak they would have darkened the dress not blown it further out yeah i yeah i this is and then for the face to be and for the face to be that kind of like, because that looks like a glass face mask. Like, and that is the darkest part of the image next to like some parts around the kid's collar and stuff. Like, how would just that part be darkened like that? There's too many things that just don't make sense. It's too weird. Too weird. Clearly aliens. Yeah, clearly aliens. <laughs> clearly. The men in black turn nasty. Peter Rojkiewicz a professor of American folklore, really doesn't sound like it with that last name, wrote an article about a man named Michael Elliott, who was reading a book on UFOs in the college library when a strange man took the seat opposite him. 
The man was dressed as all men in black. Okay, that's the... The man was dressed as all men in black are and asked Elliot if he was interested in UFOs. Elliot replied that, oh, he wasn't interested in the least, but was reading a book because a colleague of his had recommended it. This is when the man became irritated. He rose his voice, despite both of them being in a library where you were supposed to be quiet, and he nonetheless <laughs> shouted, Flying saucers are the most important fact of the century, and you're not interested? Question mark, exclamation point. Then he rose from his chair, as if it's mechanically actually exclamation lifted. point. Question mark. Thank you. I was taking artistic <laughs> liberties. I went to CalArts for a bachelor's in the fine arts, Matt, as if mechanically lifted, and he turned to leave. But not before saying, go well in your purpose. What a last line to drop on poor young Elliot. So Elliot went to follow the man and found that the entire library was eerily quiet. Where there should have been students, librarians, and guards, there was no one. Confused, Elliot returned to his seat with his book and an hour later looked up to find the library was again bustling with activity and completely back to normal. And if you're thinking what I'm thinking, this guy looked down and didn't look up for a whole hour, that's what the story <laughs> would have us believe. And Professor <laughs> Peter Rujkiewicz later admitted that he was the character Michael Elliott and that the event had happened to him. A classic case of, so, asking for advice for a friend when really, we are the friend. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh <laughs> wait and matt what is this famous canadian hotel video footage oh that was like it's more of like an anecdote but we have actual footage of the men in black entering this hotel where this employee worked at so the employee um was a guy that had seen a ufo days previous and had been telling people that he had seen a ufo uh and so the these strange guys in these black trench coats black hats like men in black down to a t walk into this canadian hotel and start questioning the others the other employees about his whereabouts and he wasn't working that day but they're questioning them about his whereabouts uh about the ufo that he saw um it's more it's more of like a, a footnote and the fact that we have video footage of the men in black existing and asking about the ufos so either these are some nerds who decide to just fuck with people, yeah. or this is the real deal. No, that is a trip. I'm trying to you find know, the footage now. With the Elliot story, though, what the reason why I personally don't believe it is because what he would have had to use some kind of device to either, you know, cloak everybody else in the room to take Elliot to like an alternate reality you know why wouldn't anyone else be there and how would they have magically come back and also with all we know about the men in black being so inconspicuous you know being uh, so low-key and careful the idea that one of them would be prideful and arrogant about ufos and like lose his cool and his temper like that it just doesn't align at all to me with everything no. we've learned about men in black yeah. Well, except that they 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 don't know how, they're socially awkward, like they don't know what is proper and yeah. what's not. Yeah, but I feel like the Men in Black, like you know, in in terms of how we've been studying them, I feel like they would be happy if somebody doesn't care about it, doesn't is not really that interested. You know what I mean? I don't know. People have a lot of different ideas about the Men in Black. Like they're yeah. really. Like, no one really knows their motives. Like, they really could just be there to be like, you're on the right track. But they hide it 
in a way where they're like, don't you talk about this. Don't, don't you, don't you, don't do it. Yeah. And, but it's like, go do it. <laughs> You're they're on tempt, the right they're track. Tempting them. Yeah, bro. Um, but, uh, as, as, the Lord your God. as far as like the, him getting up and it being completely like deserted, having the library be completely deserted, it kind of reminds me of the whole consensus reality sort of thing. Like what, what if this stuff is taking place in a completely different reality? Like, it's almost like there's like an alternate reality that they're being taken to, to experience these events. Yeah, the multiverse, bro. Uh, yeah, uh, the reflection of the multiverse. I believe in all that stuff for sure. Oh yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. And you know what? While we were just talking about like different Men in Black things, you you think this would be a good time to, to just really quickly go through like the various things that are said about the Men in Black, Matt? Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So basically what what I'm saying is um we are most used to this idea of, you know, the men in black, they're these, you know, short stature, swarthy complexions, you know, very deeply tanned and they just have like, you know, dark suits and, you know, whatever, any colored skin. But there's also reports of them as gypsies, you know, sunglasses, black suits and black cars have been a feature for a long time, but they're not always necessarily described as being in those dark suits. Um, some people record, report mechanical behavior, you know, that makes them seem like robots or androids, right? Monotone voices, emotionless faces. Um, some people have said, oh, dark, you know, high cheekbones, thin lips, pointed chin, eye, eyes that are mildly slanted, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> let's see. But <laughs> they always seem to have detailed info on the persons they contact, as if the individual has been under surveillance for a long time. And they, uh, as we mentioned with the Jello, they could seem confused by the nature of everyday items, pens, eating utensils outdated slang though accounts of their behavior very wildly and um there are also accounts that indicate that they often claim to be from an agency collecting info on unexplained phenomenon their subject has encountered and in other accounts they're trying to suppress info of course which we've discussed and so they are either described as exceedingly furtive you know just very stoic and calm or there are also accounts where they're completely outgoing and they have wide grins disconcerting giggles that kind of like creep people out you know and uh let's see what like there's just a couple more things here um sometimes they claim to be from the u.s air force cia or fbi uh but often do not provide verification or they provide verification of people who are later found to not exist or to have been dead for some time or sometimes they do exist but they're in a totally different rank and so let's see that allegedly. Okay, so they allegedly travel in groups of three, but are sometimes alone. They often are described as operating with their headlights off in their vehicles, and sometimes have unusual insignia. I'm sorry, unusual insignia on their doors and license plates that are always unidentifiable and untraceable. And uh, let's see. Okay, and so we talked about the idea they're agents, we talked about the idea they're extraterrestrials, and there have also been reports of MIBs following people around in black helicopters. And uh, that's all for the lightning round. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> God, there are so many stories and so many, like, it's it's almost like, okay, one moment they're calm, the next they're outgoing. It's There's yeah. so many stories that seem to contradict each other, Yeah, but it's yeah. also difficult because... Like a Heath Ledger Joker. 
Okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, Shit, so bro. this one, this story comes from a guy, Herbert Hopkins, who is a respected physician. Yeah, uh, I was in, reading I, about this one. This one's weird as hell. It's fucking weird. Um, sorry, 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 sorry. Take it, take it again. Did, my, my fault, my fault. So on the night of September 11th, 1973, when Hopkins was following a case about a UFO sighting, he received a phone call. The man on the other end identified himself as a member of a New Jersey UFO organization, which turned out to be completely fake. He, quote, and this is Herbert. A lot of these are going to be like directly from the horse's mouth. Uh, Herbert said he wanted to know. Sorry. No, he's English. No. Who is it? What is he? No, he's American. He's from New Jersey. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, he's one in us. Yeah, I love. All right, no, that's British. Uh, how do you how do you do New Jersey? <laughs> Just sound like a douchebag. <laughs> Yo, yeah. so he wanted to know if he could. Oh yeah, my not, god! I'm not doing that. So I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna do just, new in. Just sound like smart. Just sound smart. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to know if he could come here and talk to me about the UFO case. He also asked if I was alone, and I said yes. Hopkins told an NBC reporter when he laid down the receiver and walked to the door, the man was already walking up his front steps. If he was even as close as across the street or next door telephoning, he could not possibly have gotten here as soon as he did for me to turn on the light for him. He let the man in and was startled by the man's appearance, saying he wore a neatly tailored black suit, black shoes, black socks, a white shirt with black tie. And he wore a black derby. You don't see derbies very often. And I thought to myself, this guy looks just like an undertaker. When he sat down, he removed his derby. This character was as bald as an egg. He didn't even have eyebrows or eyelashes. He had smooth, plastic skin, like a doll, except that it was a dead white color, Hopkins said. His lips were a brilliant ruby red, and he spoke in an expressionless, monotone, scanning speech. He constructed no phrases and sentences, just a sequence of words evenly spaced. His voice was completely passive with no inflection or intonation, very unlike what I'm doing now, as <laughs> if you were hearing it from a machine that could talk. The two of them were discussing the UFO case Hopkins had been investigating during this whole meeting with the man in black. Yet during this time, Hopkins was taking notes on the man's oddities. He sat perfectly motionless and wore gray suede gloves. He idly brushed his lips with the back of his glove. And when he put his hand down, the back of his glove was bright red and the red on his mouth was smeared. So I knew he was wearing lipstick. Then, I could see that his mouth was a perfectly straight slit. Apparently, he did not have what we call lips, so the lipstick <laughs> was put on as a decoy. His mouth was more like a ventriloquist dummy. He then told Hopkins to take out a metal coin and to put it in the palm of his hand. He said, Watch the coin. And it started to develop a silver color instead of a copper. And then the silver became bluish, and the penny was beginning to get quite fuzzy, out of focus, blurred, and then it simply was gone. It slowly dematerialized. After this, 
The man told Hopkins to destroy all evidence he had of the UFO case. It was at this point that the weird turned to what the fuck. (laughs) As he spoke his last words, I noticed his speech was slowing down. His words became slower and farther spaced. He slowly got to his feet, unsteadily, and he said very slowly, My energy is running low. Must go now. Goodbye. Beep, boop, beep, beep, boop. Uh, Just like that. Not the beep, boop, beep. beep. No, he didn't say the beep, boop. (laughs) What do you know, Kevin? You weren't there. (laughs) When he turned to leave, he gripped the railing as if having lost his balance and then turned the corner out of view. So he left the house and then turned the corner out of view. Hopkins heeded him, terrified at this experience, and destroyed all evidence he had collected on the UFO crash. Bro. Okay. Bro. The aliens are so advanced that they can d- get here, first of all. And they can't make a, a, a clone? Or, like, they, how do they disguise themselves so poorly? You know, like... I, I don't know. <laughs> also, can I just say, Matt, whatever voice that was, was incredible. And I think, <laughs> I think you need to make that voice. I think you need, we need to find more reasons for you to have that voice. <laughs> the intellectual or the alien? Uh, the fucking intellectual. Well, both. But the intellect, like when Matt started with the intellectual, I was like, this doesn't sound like Matt at all. Matt has transformed. <laughs> you should see him do d d school. really oh dude i bet it's great yeah this is the weirdest one i would love to see an interview with uh herbert hopkins because this is by far the most weird and obvious one like this is like i don't know how this man sat and and conversed with this guy like I mean, I guess social norms <laughs> indicated that he, he should, and he shouldn't be rude to somebody well, who is different. I think, but yeah, I think it is weird, but he also, the guy said that he was a part of a New Jersey UFO organization, and Hopkins was researching a UFO case, so, I mean, they're kind of like, you know, it's like a colleague of yours. Yeah, but then he was like, he just, so odd. So yeah, he he must have just been like, "Wow, this is a really weird guy." And then as he was taking as he was getting more and more social cues from this guy, he's like, "This is weird. This is weird. This is weird." And like he it's must have just like, been getting red flag after red flag after red flag like in terms how, of how long were they even talking? You know, cuz like yeah. did did the man in black not have like how big was how big were his batteries? Like, why wouldn't he have charged up beforehand and then gone in and be like, all right, let's get this done. Or maybe it wasn't a battery thing. Maybe it was like, that was his excuse for leaving. He was like, my energy is running low. Meaning like, I'm not feeling well. I need to leave. But like, again, yeah. social, key, like they're oh. not knowing, understanding the social aspect of it. They've got their yeah, freaking, yeah. they're, they're Google translating everything, you know? So the, it probably just didn't, <laughs> didn't translate yeah. right. So the men in black, like they like to ride in style, you know what I'm saying? Like black Cadillacs, blacks Volkswagen, black vans, you know what I'm saying? But they oh, we were not just saying. bound to land vehicles. Whoa, what? This yeah, is news. dude. 
Yeah, dude. They actually had black helicopters, dude. They had black helicopters. And uh, also, I learned a new word today. Uh, Nyctophilia, which means oh. the love of black things or darkness. Oh, my God. That is so not politically correct. That word yeah. needs to not. <laughs> that word. That word is not allowed to exist in 2020. Do we have to censor that out? Like, no, 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 no. Let's no, no. go to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna petition Merriam-Webster. Say nyctophilia. It's run its course as a word. It needs to be yeeted. Yeah, guys. If you haven't learned anything from this episode, hopefully you took home nyctophilia, the fact that it means the love of blackness or darkness. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Well, let's move on. The black helicopter. The stories of black helicopters began in the 1970s. They often were sighted around cattle mutilation. <laughs> what a pleasant detail. <laughs> Though <laughs> they may have started as an idea charming. of Hal... <laughs> Wait, what happened, Matt? No, I just said charming. <laughs> charming, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they may have started as an idea of Hal Lindsey. In his book, The Late Great Planet Earth... He theorized that the locusts in the book of Revelation in the Christian Bible were actually helicopters. The only thing is that John simply didn't know how to describe the technology shown to him in his vision, and so he called them locusts, because everyone knows John was a fucking idiot. Uh, <laughs> the idea began to big up. Oh, that's a nice way to put it. The, the idea began to big up when several of these black unmarked helicopters were seen landing on Idaho ranchers' property. And if you know Idaho and their ranchers, these guys do not play. Uh, they were supposedly enforced by the endangered, oh no, sorry, they were supposedly enforcing the Endangered Species Act, uh, which in 1973, of course, is trying to, you know, protect endangered species and extinction as a consequence of economic growth and development. And guess who signed that into law? Richard Nixon. Surprising. Politics are so different these days. Um, <laughs> Helen Chenoweth, who is a representative of Northern Idaho, I must said Idaho, Idaho. Um, of Northern <laughs> Idaho, said, I have never seen them, but enough people in my district have become concerned that I can't just ignore it. We do have some proof of these black helicopters. And uh, UFC conspiracy theorists UFO. claim the helicopters... UFO, dude. What did I say? Did I say <laughs> UFC again? UFC again? You said Holy UFC. shit, bro. <laughs> I need to punch somebody in the face, man. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. I got to get it out. UFO conspiracy <laughs> theorists... Claim these helicopters can be found near and around UFO sightings. They believe they are property of a secret branch of the government dedicated to covering up UFOs and alien sightings, though many believe this branch isn't even a sect of the U.S. government, but one of the United Nations, so we're talking about international waters here, baby, plays on the fear of a United Nations take, oh, sorry, so that idea uh, that the, the organization is of the UN plays on the fear of a UN takeover of the world. And uh, you've definitely heard the phrase New World Order. I mean, that's the kind of idea that they're referencing if, uh, you know, it seems a little foreign to you. And uh, believers of this conspiracy theory have been ridiculed by the government. And when the Department of Homeland Security was set to begin monitoring the activities of journalists and bloggers, many in the public were like, whoa, hold your horses. We are concerned. 
And the DHS's spokesperson said, Despite what some reporters may suggest, this is nothing more than the standard practice of monitoring current events in the media. Any suggestion otherwise is fit for tin foil hat wearing black helicopter conspiracy theorists. Whoa. He uh, had an axe to grind. He went straight for the jugular with that statement. Yeah. <laughs> and so we say, fuck you, motherfucker. Um, however, there is evidence about black helicopters being used by the government. During the raid on Osama bin Laden's bunker, one of the U.S. helicopters crash-landed near the site. And the crew who survived burned the remains of the helicopter so the technology would not fall into enemy hands or caves. However, the tall of the helicopter... <laughs> sorry. The tail of the helicopter still remained intact, and it was reportedly all black and is believed to be an experimental stealth helicopter because it doesn't match any known model. Dude, this makes makes me think, what if the, you know, the spy technologies, the plane technologies that were being developed at Area 51 were for the men in black to aid in their suppression of alien knowledge around the world? Hey, man, that... Dude, they only released, like, what was it, like, 20% of the documents about Area 51 or something like that? Or maybe it's even less. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it, bro? Well, now we just, uh, we're kind of, like, wrapping up at this point. Like, we've we've given you all, like, the stories. Guys, there's there's so many more tales about the Men in Black and more evidence, most of it's circumstantial, um, about their existence. Like, we're only really, like, just touching this concept um but so who who exactly were the men in black i mean there's one guy nick redfern the author of the real men in black and he had some ideas about who they could possibly be he said they are the archetypal sinister persons who turn up on the doorstep specifically in relation to ufo encounters people who have been visited by the men in black tend to find tend to fall into two categories. One is a UFO witness. The other category is researchers who have been visited. What we have, I'm pretty sure, is a sort of covert department or office of personnel within the officials infrastructure. There are people who dress in black deliberately and go around and threaten people in certain circumstances relative to UFOs, he said. And they, they look like what you see in the Men in Black movies. They look like agents of the government, like actor Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. And they issue veiled warnings not to talk about their UFO encounters. The craziest part about what you just read, Matt, is how Tommy Lee Jones was reading a statement where he talked about himself. (laughs) (laughs) I did not sound like Tommy Lee Jones. (laughs) (laughs) No, dude, I love that accent too, man. That was so fun. Thanks, dude. But, um, you know, I think that uh, I I kind of personally feel more on Nick Redfern's side. Like, I, I believe in the men in black more at the end of this episode than I did at the end of the first episode. Yeah, I did too. Dude, it was really that story with that physician. And even even if every single one of these people are, you know, making up stories to get attention and drama and blah, 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 I feel like it's undeniable that 
there are efforts being made to cover up uh, unexplained encounters, you know, whether it's flying objects, crop circles, whatever. And so I feel like the only natural conclusion is, you know, well, we don't know how organized the group is. We don't know how official they are, if it's just national, if it's international, interdimensional, intergalactic, you know what I mean? But I feel like, at the very least, somebody with, uh, in an organized fashion, is working to suppress information. And that's what I think. Huh. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. I, I, like, especially the fact that it was caught on tape. Like, the men in black were caught on tape on actually going, yeah, going to the Canadian hotel and grilling employees um, about the UFO encounter. I mean, that, like... No matter what you believe, who these men in black really were, were they aliens, were they government officials, whoever they were, we know that they at least in some fashion exist. Yes. Yes. So there is suppression of evidence. Of course, that's, I mean, the government's going to do that. That's just, that's just what's going to happen. Um, but I, I don't know, like the alien sightings, I'm sure there's got, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Your job so is to make goddamn theory, you fuckface. I'm sorry. I, you know what? I, I think there are men in black. I don't know why. I think there's definitely people that are men in black in the government, which their sole job is to suppress information. And from uh, people digging too far into uh, experimental research and stuff that might the government might be doing or alien contact stuff of that nature um i think that's probably real in some regard i don't know how busy that department is but there is definitely at least one or two people's jobs to to make that happen i also think i don't know i also think that there's some people that (laughs) are insane and have hallucinations and they don't know how to explain them but they're so deeply involved <laughs> in this or their people have hallucinations and they're so deeply involved in this and this world or they want to believe so much in this world of ufos that they imagine things or i, I can get behind that too are you, are you talking about like the red lipstick or are you talking about like the men in black just in general i'm talking about certain experiences like the red lipstick that kind of stuff um i mean obviously that that physician is a little bit more reputable but like some other people we've talked about before being kind of like like they they want desperately to find evidence so they're looking desperately and they're getting so they're 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 manufacturing the results they want and then i think a lot of it is publicity like people, people are doing it for the clout, and but do I think aliens have been here? Probably. Would we know it? Probably not. I, I, I. You know what? They're here. The aliens are here. <laughs> Men in black are real. They but are real. Degree, they have to be real. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they're real. They're real. That's yeah. my theory. They're real. Aliens are real. Aliens. I don't know if I don't know if the aliens coincide with the Men in Black. I don't, I don't know why that's a thing. I don't know why that's why they're doing that. Why are you trying to impersonate a government official of all things? You should probably just be like an average. I don't know. Because they're trying to get into people's homes. 
maybe that's what they're just like they're going with a government agency but why not just say you're a cop at the local police station i, I, I don't yeah, i don't know maybe because like i i feel like it's it's much easier to be like oh yeah i'm part of just the government people are like oh oh really what well what, what, what agency and you're like mm, can't tell classified. you that because that's, yeah. cla- oh, okay, okay, that's yeah. classified but that's my theory aliens are always behind all this shit bro all right i think that kind of wraps up our wait did i technically go i did didn't i i, I, I said my piece i i'm not do sure. you feel like you have more on your opinion to express matt or do you feel like it's been expressed well i i feel like the idea that the whole consensus reality thing is important but i i also feel like okay so if if it is consensus reality then we we wouldn't have the footage of the men in black actually coming into the hotel so i think that yeah. kind of rules out the consensus reality although it's a very very cool interesting idea and maybe i don't know like in certain points like 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 the idea of of um of elliot michael elliot who was in the library and he went and he went to go follow the men in black but the entire place was dead and he couldn't follow them or whatever happened um yeah. it seemed like it was taking place in like a different time like a different like universe i don't know where everything had just like quietened and he was the only one there but uh yeah 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 um i so i i you know what i already said my piece i think they exist i do they have to exist we have proof that they exist but uh, do i think that they're aliens i don't i don't think so in my opinion i actually think that they are part of the government because the governments they've made it clear that they actually have investigations into ufo sightings there are people in the government that their job, or at least at one point in time, their job was to figure out if UFOs exist. Yeah. So who knows? And they were also, the, U, the U.S. government was also terrified that people would start believing in aliens and it would cause mass hysteria like it did with the War, War of the Worlds mm-hmm. um, broadcast. So, hey, I personally think that it's more part of the government. Um, and these people are coming in. I also think that sometimes it is part of the government. And I think sometimes they are just ufologists who want information and the best way to do that and not sound crazy and actually get the information that you need is to dress up like a government agent uh not specify what agency and just be quote the men in black be the very people that they are trying to find yeah i I mean that's that's not bad (laughs) yeah bro I think so. I, I think I, I'm, I'm picking up a lot of what you're putting down, Matt. You know? Good. good there's good, these good. people suppressing. And there's aliens. And um, you you guys, listeners, you're welcome. Because, <laughs> you know, the Trihouse films, once again, we've done it, man. You're welcome. We figure out another one of the great mysteries of history <laughs> in less than five hours, cumulatively. You know? So, uh we're gonna keep on it we're gonna keep at it we're doing too much good in the world i think yeah yeah yeah. the world needs us (laughs) the world needs us to figure out these questions that nobody else can answer except for three fucking alums of the cal arts acting program baby the most unqualified people (laughs) yeah pretty much but god dang it our wiki research we'll get down to the truth yes brilliant 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 well, uh, this has been Jeremy at Not Funny Funny Guy on all the socials. You know what it is? 
Uh, this has been Matt McKay. Uh, I run the Instagram for uh, Mysteries of Histories. And uh, go follow us at Mysteries of Histories on Instagram. Uh, also on Facebook if you if that's your thing. You know, I don't know if you're older and you like Facebook. If you're younger, you know, and you're a jive cat, you might like Instagram. So maybe head over there. <laughs> you're a cool, cool, <laughs> cool cat, cat or kitten. If you're Jellicle, you know. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. And then. If uh, if you like Rocket League content and very recently Final Fantasy um, Seven stuff, I am uh, at, I'm just Tryhouse on Twitch and YouTube, and then at Real Tryhouse on Twitter and most of the other socials. Yeah, we gotta support Kevin playing Final Fantasy Seven, bro, so he can yeah, baby. have more fun and freedom and not have to just play Rocket League all the time. Yeah, Ooh, I, I mean, wish I, I do like playing Rocket League though. Uh, I wish I had I had gone. I wish I had watched your first because uh, now I feel like I can't watch it because like you're gonna be so far in the story. No, I'm gonna do a recap at the beginning of every one. Okay, but then I feel like ah oh, god because I want to get it. So it's only for PS4, but it's coming for PC. It, it probably won't be on PC for another year. God dang it! Okay, cool. it's, yeah, it's PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, dang it! Yeah. Right. Well, this has been Try House Tells Mysteries of Histories. Dig 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 d